This podcast is part of the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. AvenuePodcast.net Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time for another fun episode, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. I have brought back on Justin Lee. We have talked about his wrestling career on multiple occasions, and uh, this time he is my first three-peat guest, but we're not going to talk about wrestling today. We're going to talk about Batman. I know I've had an episode about Batman in the past, but talking with Justin, we realized that, you know what, we should probably have one as well, because we both have lots and lots to talk about. In fact, we had so much to talk about that this is actually going to be a two-part episode. I think uh, the recording ended up being somewhere around 2 hours and 47 minutes or something like that. So I'm going to break this down. We're going to have the first part today. You'll get the second part next week. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Uh, We'll give a spoiler warning uh, towards the end of this first episode. We do have some spoilers that deal with the new Flash movie that came out. So uh, just so you know, there is some things in there that maybe you might not want to know until you go see the movie. Or maybe you have already seen it. So uh, just enjoy this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And for those of you who are here just to listen to our Batman episode, or if you're here just to hear the Justin Lee episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch-me face. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so... (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos. For some reason, like, it triggers certain people. Yeah. Wow. I was actually lost as an independent, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro! Get punched in the face all the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? (laughs) What? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. I actually have a three-peat guest on the show. This is the third time he's been on here. He is now the, uh, the guest that I've had on the most. And it's funny because I was going to tell you this, um, but the first time I had you on the show, I was super nervous. And now, like I said, this is the third time that you've been on this show. And I'm talking about Justin Lee. He is a former hometown heroes champion. He well, we are a- talking about heroes today, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it, yes, that works perfectly. And a uh, wrestler out of Oklahoma. And like I said, first time I had you on, I was super nervous. And now I, this is the third time that I've had you on the show, and I feel like I'm not nervous anymore. I'm just excited to get in here and talk. You're a grizzled vet of the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are the guy who who uh, can call the match now. You you can get, take any greenhorn through a uh, five minutes of quality entertainment. <laughs> well, uh, the first time you were on you, that was episode seven, so I was still brand new at all of this. And everything so yeah I, you know I, I think i know what i'm doing now i'm i think this is episode 60 60 69 i think is what it is so ah! yeah. 
the jokes just write themselves. I know. Um, yeah. I'm so immature. <laughs> no, it is so great to be back. I'm glad to hear that I'm the first three Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that does make me feel good. I try to listen to every episode. I, uh, in fact, I was just, I didn't finish it today, but at the gym I was at, um, I got through about the halfway point, I think, of Stephen. Okay. Uh, that you had on there. Uh, yeah. I didn't, I hadn't heard him name drop me yet. I know at some point yeah. he must have name dropped me because you tagged me on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, I'll bet it's the story where he forgot my name during <laughs> ring announcing. Uh, Is that what happened? Was that what the story? No, he was just talking about uh, tor- it, it's more towards the end. And he was talking about how WSC has some really great talent there. And you were one oh, of the okay. first ones that he brought up. Was, and here uh, I am burying him now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny. That heel it, side, it, so. He uh he was doing that um, the uh, commissioner gimmick or something out there for it was just kind of a one shot deal I think mm-hmm. we're out in um Wagner this was probably uh, November ish December ish last year okay and um it, I was wrestling Tim Rockwell uh and the match sort of broke down and turned into a tag team you know basically my guy was cheating they threw the match out and. Steven comes out there and I'd already grabbed my title and left. And he says, no, 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 we're going to make this a tag match. <laughs> and uh, he couldn't remember my name. <laughs> and so he's like, other guy, get back out. Here. <laughs> and I could tell he was embarrassed, you know, cause he was just like a brain fart, obviously. Yeah. And so, but luckily I was the heel. So it kind of worked out perfectly. So I just kind of ran out there and said, don't act like you don't know who I am. You know, don't, you know, I'm the best Oklahoma, you know, so it set me up to be the, you know, yeah. yell in his face and all that but it was i figured that might have been the story oh that's he was great because he just you know brain farted and forgot wait what broke broken because he was like broken uh unbreak uh that <laughs> uh, guy get back out here <laughs> oh yeah no he he was he was good i i really enjoyed talking with him no he was and... everything i'd heard so far was re- was uh fun i didn't realize yeah. he'd been around that long 20 I know he'd been around a while. I didn't. Right. You know, I forget that there was wrestling outside of Oklahoma 23 years ago. <laughs> well, wild. I mean, it, you you weren't there 23 years ago, were you? I was. Well, okay. So I, uh, how long uh, you you've told me before, but how how many years well, exactly? 2001 was my debut match. Okay. Um, I started training in early 2001. Um, but I was doing backyard wrestling for four or five years before that. Where basically, you know, uh, guys like Excal and, you know, yeah, uh, several of those guys were all still wrestling. You know, so that's kind of how far back my ties to the business goes all the way back to the mid 90s. Um, so, yeah, you've been there for for a minute then. Yeah, yeah. It's oh God, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> but we well, are not here to talk about dumb, fake wrestling, are we? No, no, not at all. We're actually here to talk about something a lot more. You want to hear those stories? Go back, listen to the other podcasts, podcast seven and podcast, uh, whatever it was. But here on podcast 69. (laughs) Nice. We are here to talk about (laughs) Batman. That's right. We, uh, so we've kind of gotten close to this subject a few times before. And, uh, we, we just decided, you know what? We really actually need to have a episode where we just talk about this. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was, I was like, yeah, we, we've we've teased talking about Batman and how superheroes relate to the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we're, we're going to go full-fledged into it. Um, my love of Batman mm-hmm. goes back to even, I would probably say I was four or five years old. Okay. Um, and I remember we would, I grew up in this, when I was born, I was we lived in this town called Bixby, Oklahoma. 
uh, where Jim Ross is from mm-hmm. and okay. Cowboy Bill Watts is from. So we're going to tie it a little bit back to wrestling. Nice. Um, I grew up, grew up in Bixby and there was this little video store called Showtime Video. And they had on the kids aisle, the old super friends um, videos you could rent. It was, you know, a collection of episodes. And so my first exposure to Batman was through that. And I think there was a Scooby-Doo Batman, you know, crossover one, <laughs> yeah. Casey Kasem, you know, but yeah. so like those seventies cartoon Batmans, you know, remember this was before widespread cable and syndicate, you know, so once those things weren't on the air anymore, you know, you couldn't really go find them. So as an eighties child, I didn't really have access to a lot of the seventies material. Right. Um, and so that was the only way I could do it. So I would rent the same videotape over and over and over again and watch th- those Batmans. And then, in 1989, we got Batman, Michael Keaton. <laughs> that and that is when I was, I was seven years old, eight years old, I think. Um, and that, that just told, I mean, that summer of Batmania, for the, if you guys don't understand, like that was a, as big a Hollywood movie as there had ever been, uh, as big a hype as they've ever put out for any movie. Yeah. Everywhere you went, Batman logos, Batman shirts, everybody had Batman stuff on. That was the summer of Batman, and that's when I went full fledged into my Batman fandom. Never looked back. That's that's really cool. I I remember, for me, it was I watched it on uh, the Batman movie on TV, and it was my mom who hyped it up to me, and she was like, "Oh, do you want to watch the Batman movie?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's watch it." And she, you know, we were at my grandparents' house, and I remember sitting there in my grandparents' living room, watching the Batman movie on TV for the first time. And this was, you know, a couple, I was probably five or six whenever that happened. So uh, the movie had been out for maybe six or seven years at that time. And they just played it on cable. Yeah. So So, I'll give you a funnier story than that. Okay. So when the movie came out, it was highly criticized for its level of violence. Really? And it was PG-13. Um, you know, but the marketing, of course, was to kids. Yeah. But it was a very, you know, there was a lot of sexual innuendo and Mm -hmm. especially for a comic book movie, you know, up to that point, you had Christopher Reeve Superman, you know, which was very clean cut and right. You know, very, you know, they made Zod look very funny and sometimes. Yeah. And this one was kind of gritty and, and, and dark and, and very evil. Right. And my mom actually told me. I couldn't go see it in the theaters. Oh no. She said, what we will do is, you know, what would happen is, you know, the show, you know, eventually a year from now it would be on TV, like on, you know, ABC or something as movie of the week. And then Mm -hmm. they would edit it down for, you know, TV. Right. So we'll, we'll let you watch that version of it, but this one we, we don't want you to watch. Okay. Well, fast forward, maybe four or five months later, uh-huh. And, you know, when it would leave the theaters, it went to HBO first. Oh, okay. well, I just happened to be at my uncle's house and he had HBO <laughs> and Batman was on. TV. And I was like, oh, my God. So I watched it. And I told my parents later, I was like, my, my parents weren't home at the time. I was like, I, I, it was on TV. Like you said, I could watch it. And my mom was like, no, that's the bad version. It's HBO. <laughs> she goes, well, I guess you saw it. You know, so it is. So, yeah, once I'd seen it, she's like, well, I guess you've seen it now. So <laughs> I can't take it I'm away from you now. Parents. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't want me seeing those evil things. I got it. It was kind of a, I mean, then you you go fast forward to Batman Returns in 92. And you remember there was Mm -hmm. a lot of controversy on Batman Returns. Right. Yeah. Um, McDonald's 
uh, basically told the studio, "Don't we will never sponsor another Batman movie if it's anything like this." Really? Um, they were embarrassed because all the Happy Meal toys were, you know, they had the Penguin and the Catwoman and the the all that stuff. Yeah. And the movie itself was, I mean, very dark, very sexual, very right. grotesque. Yeah. You know, yeah. Danny DeVito's. I mean, it was a it's an underrated penguin because of how grotesque he was. Right. Um, and you know, in fact, Kenner wouldn't, didn't want to make the toy to look like Danny DeVito. So they released the old seventies penguin yeah. toy with just a new paint job on it, where he's wearing the top hat and, you know, he's got the monocle and everything, mm-hmm. uh, looked for the toy line. They did nothing like Danny DeVito's toy. Right. Uh, didn't look anything like it. Cause they, again, it was just so dark. They're like, yeah, we can't, we can't sell this to kids. Right. I, I mean, it, it, and it's a sad story too, you know, behind the penguin. You know? Oh yeah. And uh, even babies in, movie, in the river and yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, he's deformed. We don't want him, you know, which is oh. funny. Cause you know who the, um, the parents of the penguin were in that who? movie. Pee Wee Herman and the love interest from Pee Wee Herman. Really? I'm yeah. going to have to go back and watch that again. I didn't yeah. realize in that. The, Paul Rubens and the girl, I can't remember the girl's name, who was his love interest in Pee Wee's Big, Big Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. But that girl, uh, you know, because that was Tim Burton also. Oh, he yeah. brought them back in a cameo role to play the Penguins, you know, uppity okay. parents. Yep. And fast forward to, remember Gotham, the TV show that came out uh, mm-hmm. about 10 years ago about young Batman. Yeah. Love that So series. that Penguins dad was also Paul Rubens. They brought him back to play the dad again huh okay yeah wow so, I, I, so peewee and, and batman have quite the connection there that's uh that, you would never expect that either yeah and <laughs> i i think they burgess meredith had a cameo as well in batman returns i'm trying to remember um either they were wanted him as can or he actually did have a brief cameo as just a side character during mm-hmm. the penguin thing Okay. Yeah. The, of course, Barry Smith played and the Adam West Batman. We're going to get into Adam West Batman too, because that was my other intro to Batman. Uh. <laughs> um, so I wasn't allowed to watch the movie until, uh-huh. you know, 90, basically 1990. Uh, but during the late eighties, the Adam West version would air on something called the family channel. I don't even know if that's still around. It was one of those cables shows. It had, that and the Green Hornet would play on there. Okay. Uh, the 60s Green Hornet as well. So yeah. 60s Batman and 60s Green Hornet. And so that was my introduction to Batman and Robin. And I would just get captivated by the stories and everything. And so that was the the other version of Batman that I was aware of. And of course, I, w- I bought comics. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I would go to the... Back then, you could get comics for cheap. Uh, you know, you go to those vintage stores and they, you know, get them for 10 cents. And so I would go, my mom would give me five bucks. I'd go buy 50 Batman comics. Uh, <laughs> and I still have most of them actually. As the oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. So I got, I familiarized myself with a lot of the, the stuff. Um, it took me a while to find Frank Miller. We're going to get mm-hmm. to Frank Miller too, as well. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about all the different versions of Batman. Oh yeah. We're, uh, I, it's almost, you don't know where to start because there's so much to go through. Um, the year was 1938. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the birth of Batman. Man, so, you even know the date you, well, yes, okay. Detective so, Comics 27. So you are someone I, I, I was kind of, I meant to kind of poke fun when I said this, but you're like, yeah, actually it is. 
you have a room called the Batcave at your house yes. because of all of the uh, toys and memorabilia and stuff that you have for Batman yeah. in there. Yep. And when you post the uh, when you post this, you'll have to share those pictures I sent you of the room. Okay. It, uh, and the the Batman singlet I wrestled in as well. <laughs> Not the first time I read. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple of Batman singlets over the years. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, like I said, I, I'm a lifelong fan, and I for very specific reasons that we're going to get into, and it mm-hmm. it definitely relates to wrestling. Okay. Um. So first of all, we'll just talk quick origin of the Batman. There's so many fascinating elements to this but for you guys who are just you know trivia buffs out there um batman begins in 1938 so before that you had superman Mm -hmm. periodic comics releases superman as part of action comics well yeah so the deal was with those comics it was you know a different hero in every issue but if one was real popular they'd bring him back okay well they kept action comics kept bringing back superman because he was very popular so eventually superman got his own comic um outside of action comics well, they were the the they wanted something as big as that, so they go to one of their guys, this guy Bob Kane, and they're like, "Hey, let you know, get us another hero." His original idea was Birdman, uh, and of course, you know, well, <laughs> there is a Birdman. Like, it was kind of like, yeah, you know. So it, there's this other guy, and this was the lost story that we've only found out. Well, yeah, yeah, we only found this out a few years ago, um, a few years back. But the real secret origin is that Bob Kane really didn't come up with Batman. Bill Finger yeah. came up with Batman. So Bob Kane was the first one to say Batman. But right. if you go look at Bob Kane's drawings of Batman, it's this guy in this flamboyant red suit, bleach blonde hair, and a little domino mask, and these goofy-looking wings. And Bill Finger <laughs> is the one who creates the Batman look that we're that we're much more familiar with. He creates all the iconic villains, the Batmobile, the backstory. Yeah. And so uh, all, I mean, all the best villains, uh, it, it, best stories that were part of the origin were all Bill Finger stuff. So in recent years, Bob Kane, and now if you see any kind of new Batman movie or TV show, it'll say created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. And it used to only say Bob Kane. Okay. So they've re- his daughter has done a lot to go back and, you know, she had all of his original drawings and sketches and all these original stories that, you know, thanks to podcasting things like that she was able to go out there and share this information and so we've sort of historically corrected this but yeah bill finger is actually much more responsible for batman than bob kane uh as far as the batman we are familiar with of course if you know anything about batman he is really just a ripoff of another character called the shadow if you get lamont crane okay are you Alec Baldwin did a movie version of it, but it was a TV serial and comic. Okay. Um, and it was basically billionaire playboy, secret identity, fights crime, masked, he scares, you know, scare puts fear into the hearts of his enemies. Only the shadow knows. And so that was kind of really a lot of the early Batman stories were just they took uh shadow comics and just changed a few things around and redid the stories. Okay. Okay. Um, in fact, Bob Kane, go ahead. He had kind of a, um, almost like a cowboy look to him though. Didn't he sort of? Yeah. He wore like like a a cowboy hat and had like the bandana. It it was sort of, yeah. Kind of a, I don't know if you call it a cowboy hat or a bandolero or I don't know what what, what, what it's called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he sort of wore a little thing over his face and he wore like a fake prosthetic nose. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was. But very much in the style of Batman, right? Of right. Course, you know, they they always say Zorro, 
mm-hmm. uh, Douglas Fairbanks, the swashbuckler. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Sherlock Holmes were all, you know, kind of Batman rolled into one. Right. Uh, as, far, as far as the origins of the character. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the cool thing was to me, and, and this is really where I think I, I, I like Batman more than most heroes is that there's a reality to Batman. Versus you can't really classify Batman, at least the original Batman, as science fiction because he's more of a cop or a detective than he is a superhero because he has no superpowers. Right. And, you know, versus Superman. So he was sort of the juxtaposition of the two characters, which is really what, you know, comic books is made of is Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Spider-Man being the the third one that you would call the the trifecta of most famous superheroes. Right. Everybody knows Batman. Everybody knows Superman. Everybody knows Spider-Man. Yep. Um, and I don't really who would you who would you classify as the fourth if you had to pick one to be the fourth? Your your Mount Rushmore. How would you complete that? Uh, I think the other one that it's probably the most uh, recognizable. It's a toss up. Um, but I would have to say either Incredible Hulk. Or Iron Man, I'd honestly have to go Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman is more well known than, I mean, as far as if we're talking Q rating, as far as like worldwide awareness of the character. With more recent times, yeah, I, I would have to agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just now with the new movies and MCU, right, right, you know, Captain America and all that. You know, it's gonna be more yeah familiar, but um, historically speaking, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I had. I'm kind of just going off of which ones that I have the most comics of, you know, and right. I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of Batman, I had a lot of Superman, I had a lot of Spider-Man and then incredible Hulk. Um, and, you know, and I also had a lot of Wolverine. So, you know, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those would certainly be in a top 10, but is it the, uh, as far as this is interesting to note, of of all the characters, who do you think is the highest selling licensed character? Highest selling selling licensed, like, like like the most valuable license. In other words, you know, to put this character on something, um, he may you know sell you know lunchbox whatever it is. Oh, you know, okay. Who, who do you think generates the most? Hmm. I want to say Spider Man. It's Spider Man by a mile. Is it he is. You could put Batman and Superman together, and they wouldn't touch Spider Man. Yeah, that's the reason that, my Sony hangs on to that. Things. Yeah, yeah, it's the most valuable superhero IP there is. Right. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, it's it's just even now, you know, you've had a string of superhero movies come out this summer, and it seems like Spider Man's the only one that's done well. Right. Yeah. Um, again, you know, it's, it's yeah. just <laughs> bizarre that that for whatever reason that one works, um, and may you know. Again, like Batman is still to me the biggest one as far as right. DC goes. Of course, Batman and Superman are the two pillars of DC. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at one, one is definitely science fiction, right? This alien yes. from another planet sent here, you know, can fly, can shoot lasers out of his eyes. Right. Not even slightly realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, on the other hand, can be a hundred percent realistic. Yeah. And I think that's the appeal of it, you know, the, the darkness of it. You know, it he started very dark. Yeah. Um, you know, in the first year of Batman comics, he was murdering people left and right. Um, you know, he would tell people straight up, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, over time, they sort of retconned that out of him. Right. Uh, you know, he, he, do he was less murderous. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was always not afraid to kill. I mean, think about it, you know, people always 
people got mad at the Ben Affleck Batman. Oh, Batman murders everybody. I was like, dude, go back and watch Michael Keaton's Batman. Yeah. That dude had two machine guns inside his Batmobile. What do you think he was <laughs> shooting? At, you know, he wasn't ski shooting. Sh- yeah, he wasn't aiming for their for the guns in their hands. You know, he, yeah. was, <laughs> he was mowing mo- guys down. I mean, that was he straight up, you know, Joker off the roof, and uh, you know, he, he killed a bunch of people. Yeah, um, he killed a bunch of clowns at the end of, at the start of Batman Returns. I mean, he fights that whole clown army. He pack puts a uh, a bomb on one guy and walks off. Uh, <laughs> that's Batman's true he does fool. yeah <laughs> he, he uh he's always been murderous and yeah. um yeah you know, and this is where we get into to the dichotomy of batman so there's there is sort of a batman for everybody mm-hmm. right because that dark evil batman sort of went away mm-hmm. and in the because in the 40s and 50s they said okay we have to sell these to kids parents are going to read this murdering batman and not like this so they suddenly do away with that. They make Batman more funny and friendly and brighter colors and always smiling. They introduce Robin so kids can imagine they're fighting alongside Batman and being, the, you know, with the character. Right. And, you know, that, of course, leads to the 60s Batman, which was completely campy and silly and goofy. And really, that's what people thought of Batman for many years. They just yeah. thought this campy, goofy Batman and Robin, silly tights wearing your underwear on the outside and, you know, saying all the goofy things that he said, but that's not really Batman. Like the no. Batman origins was, was much more Sherlock Holmes. Like, you know, and people forget that Sherlock Holmes was a very dark character. Yes. You know, the, uh, the drugs and the, and the, 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 you know, basically like his need to process everything and uh, based on trauma in his life. And that's really what they get a lot for, for me on uh, Batman. And forgive me if I'm talking too much here. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of going on a ramp, but uh, you're good, man. We're, we're getting into Batman's origin, which to me is the most important part about Batman. Yes. And it's one thing that people get annoyed at. Do we really have to see his parents get killed again? It's been done to death. Right. <laughs> you hear that all the time. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't want to see another movie where his parents get killed. Right. But the okay. thing is, that is the most important part of Batman. Because if you were to say anything was his gift, it was his inability to process trauma. Yeah. He has this super most traumatic thing you could ever have happen to you, right? Straight up mom and dad murdered in front of you. You were supposed to die too. Somehow you you don't die. Mm -hmm. And now you've got this this survivor's guilt, this, um, this, you know, I, I have all everything in the world anybody could ever want. And I don't want it. You know, I want... I want my mom and dad back. Right. You know, I'm I'm a billionaire. And, right. And I, right. And he's so mad. There's, but there's nothing he can do. He's, he's a kid. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so he lives in that moment for the rest of his life. Like he, most people would say, okay, you know, it's this traumatic thing happened to me, but I'm I'm moving on. And every now and then I might have a you know a post traumatic stress you know flashback something like that. Mm-hmm. You know. But I'm going to get on some medicine and, you know, I'm going to move on. And he refused to move on. He is still that little eight-year-old boy standing there with the gun and the, you know, and the pearls all around him and the the gun still smoking, holding his dead parents' hands. You know, he is still that guy 40 years later. Yep. And that's what's, that's what his superpower is. It's, um, if we get into like, uh, we're going to talk later about my five, my, my, my best Batman moments, but one of them comes from a, sh- a series called Final Crisis. 
Okay. So in Final Crisis, basically, you know, Batman and Justice League have dealt with Darkseid for years, and Darkseid has sort of like become fascinated by Batman because he's like, I, I I understand Superman, but even Superman looks at me and he fears me. Right. You have no powers, mm-hmm. and yet you have no fear facing me. Like you have no like. You you are the first one to, to throw a punch at me, even though I can shoot these omega beams out of my eyes and murder you in a second. Yep. And he becomes fascinated by Batman. And Batman, to the point that he decides he has his like dark agents decide and all these people you know, basically steal Batman's DNA. They're going to clone him to see if they can take whatever it is about him and with his thoughts and everything and, and his memory and turn them into the to, to their soldiers, essentially. You know, give them the godlike bodies, but with right. Batman, right? You know, like, that cool and they said, collection. yeah. But yeah. they said th- these these dark, evil alien scientists that are making this. Every time they gave it Batman's memories, the thing would go crazy and rip its own eyes out and kill itself. <laughs> and you got these two <laughs> yeah. alien scientists talking, going, "How? How can one being live with this level of trauma and stress constantly like we've we've designed a hundred clones and every single one of them can't live with this and they kill themselves immediately right and that's where you get into batman's trauma being his superpower it's this this never-ending need to live in that moment to take that moment away from you know anyone else that it might happen to and it's completely reality based to a scary level Mm-hmm. Because we think about like, you know, what people have done in the name of vengeance and hate and, and this this thing that power, you know, that somebody could go, you know, not to get too dark, but, you know, go shoot up a high school because they were bullied or, what you know, yeah. this this these things that we know people are capable of only, you know, you turn it into a good thing with Batman's case. Right. This this dark reality. Yeah. Um, and, and that trauma, like I said, it just defines him so much. But the reality of what he does, it, the fact that this could happen is what makes batman the best character yeah again he any one of us could be batman theoretically you know because outside of the the money obviously we don't all have a billion dollars (laughs) but but think about it like you jared could go down to the jujitsu class and you could go learn you know and if you train hard enough and you hit the weights you know you could become any you know you could become a a fighter now i'm not saying you might become ufc fighter but right if you put forth maximum amount of effort, you might become, you know, a dude, a legit tough guy. I'm not saying you're not now, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. You, you can always train yourself to a higher level of ability to fight. Right. You right. could go to college and online classes and you could, you know, educate yourself about forensics and science. And if mm-hmm. you studied hard enough, you know, you could become a brilliant scientist or a brilliant detective and study all these things. You know, you could, it, there's all these things you could physically do but it would literally require a level of dedication beyond what most of us could ever do right and with batman he's he's the example of you know i talk about my wrestling the thousand hours to be to become a master of something you have to do it for a thousand hours mm-hmm. which takes about 10 years really if uh just at a, at a normal pace yeah um to be to be a master of anything to be a master of wrestling you have to do a thousand hours of training and matches under your belt to really call yourself a master or piano player, or violinist or right. whatever it is. Yeah. So Batman has basically done a thousand hours at everything he could do a thousand hours at. Starting from the time he was eight years old. He just like trained himself constantly to know everything there was to know about everything. 
yeah to study everything you could possibly study to to train you know i think they said 127 um, different martial arts he's trained in yeah every martial art that there is he's trained well i mean and he trained uh, he you know he would seek out the people to get the best to train him for that as well yeah yeah he went lived with the league of shadows and learned, right. you know learned about all these things and uh, you know, turned himself into the Sherlock Holmes of you know being able to look at a crime scene and solve yeah. it instantly. Right. Which to me, some of the best Batman stories, you see him doing that. That was one of the things I, I really liked about the Christian Bale Batman. They yeah. really played up the detective skills. Like they showed him reassembling bullets and finding thumbprints on, you know, to to, to do follow. You know, he he always had a a, a detective side to him, mm-hmm. coming up with very creative solutions to things. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you know, I so, really kind of like that with the uh, with the Batman with uh, uh, Robert Pattinson too. You know, it was him honing those skills almost because I know this is a earlier version of Batman on that movie, and uh, yeah, I like so that. About, he's what we call Batman Year One. Yes, yeah. um, and there there's been different versions of that done in the comics and things. I have a lot of issues with Pattinson. Um, that movie <laughs> got me. It got several things great. Yeah. Um, some of that year one stuff, it did great. Yep. But to me, it's fundamentally flawed at being Batman for a couple of reasons. We can get into those. Um, okay. One, he's too small. He, yeah. He, and they kept showing him shirtless. Yeah. You know, so we could see this dude is not 170 pounds. Right. I'm sorry, but, you know, Batman has to be broodingly big. He's yes. built, but I put it this way. I don't know that it's ever actually put into the comics, but I guarantee you 100% Batman takes steroids. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you Batman takes steroids for one. He has to heal. And that's what steroids were originally designed for was helping people heal. Right. Uh, You know, they used to give them to um, really the first massive use of steroids you see is um, post-World War II, where Mm -hmm. when they were taking all these, these uh, freeing these soldiers from these prison camps where they had withered away. Mm Mm-hmm. They loaded these guys up with steroids before they brought them back to the States. Right. Um, you know, they took them to the hospitals to start loading them up with steroids to put size on them and to heal quicker. Yeah. Because they didn't want, you know, they're they afraid that people would want more, What you know, pe- these walking skeletons returned home, you know, it'd right. be terrible. So, but Batman, I guarantee you, would, would take steroids. Why? Because what's the risk of steroids? Well, it could hurt your health. Well, Batman wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if it helped me fight one more bad guy, then I'll do it. So I guarantee you Batman does steroids. Yeah. And he, it helps him heal and it helps him get big enough to to beat the bad guys. Right. Uh to fight somebody like Bane, you'd have to be on steroids yeah. to make your punches count. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, put it this way. You could take the greatest um Floyd May Money Mayweather. Mm-hmm. He is not gonna beat a guy twice his size. No. It's just not gonna happen, you know, yeah. especially in a in a street fight. Right. You know, he, he could box somebody his size, his weight class, but there's a reason we have weight classes because at some point, you know, it becomes like me fighting a little kid. Well, that little kid can have all the technique in the world. I'm going to be able to, you know, just mow him down. Yeah. You know, exactly. If he lands a shot or two, I'm going to mow him down because it's not going to, he's not going to have enough size to hurt me. Just like I wouldn't have enough size to fight a truck. You know? Yeah. I mean, the truck's going to win. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so Pattinson being so small, and they kept reminding us with those shirtless scenes of how tiny he was. Yeah. Really bugged me. Um, I would rather, if, if he just kept his shirt on, we could all just said, well, maybe he's got muscles underneath there, you know, and we just can't see him. Right. But no, yeah. they kept showing him in that skinny little frame. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't buy it one bit. And then at the very end there, 
um, where they have him leading the people into the light. And that right. can't be a symbol of darkness anymore. Yeah. No, that's exactly what Batman. That's the whole right. point of Batman is to yeah. be fear. Exactly. Yes, people will fear him, but so will the bad guys. Yeah. He's not there to be a, a, a beacon of hope for people. He's right. there to scare people. And that's what Christian Bale's Batman got perfect. Mm-hmm. That scene at the end, they'll think I killed him. Why would you do that? You're the hero because I'll be what Gotham needs me to be. I will make them fear me. Yeah. Because they'll the bad guys will still fear me too. Yeah. I'll make them think I'm capable of these this evil thing because they need that they I don't need to be their hero. I just need to do what I'm doing. And that's what Pattinson got fundamentally wrong because I guarantee you they said, "Well, we want to do the opposite of Batfleck, you know, and right. we don't want him to be dark and evil. We want him to be happy and loving and working side by side with the firefight." But like think about it. He didn't need to lead those people out of the. I mean, what those people couldn't walk through the water without Batman showing, you know, walking right. in front of them. Of course yeah. they could have. Yeah, you couldn't have had any number of cops do the same thing or first responders. <laughs> like no. So like I said, I get the I, I get the the imagery was right. to lead them out, but for me, it was the fundamentally like basically you're not Batman anymore if if you're not a symbol of fear. If the bad guys don't fear you, what's the point of dressing up like a giant bat? Well, there's, and no, there's no point to it. He also was saying, you know. Uh, he, Oh, I, I guess I'm not vengeance. I need to be a symbol of hope. You know, right. everything is like, mm. and that's Batman is vengeance, right? That, that's what he says. Batman I am the vengeance. animated series, exactly. <laughs> so, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. Right, right, man. That that's still probably one of my favorite um, all time when it comes to Batman is the oh, animated series. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and and again, you're you're getting back into uh the best episodes of the animated series were rooted in kind of some dark stuff. Very dark. Uh, yes. Look at Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's so sad when you see that, you know, he's doing this for this woman and he's trying to save his wife. Right. And he's, be, you know, it, it, you feel for him there. There's some truth to what he's doing. You're like, I would probably do the same thing. I mean, maybe not the same way. I, w- I wouldn't be so cavalier about taking other people's lives, but you know, if if there was only one way to save my wife and, you know, this cure and all this, you know, I mean, that that it was so heavy for a, a kid's show. Right. I mean, I, talking about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what I grew up on for Batman. You know, yes, I saw the movie whenever I was, you know, in like 93 or something like that. Um, but that was what I that was my Batman was the animated series. And I remember watching that and there being things. And at the time there were, I might not have fully understood what was going on. And now watching backs as an adult, I'm like, wow, that's really deep. Oh, absolutely. There were um, one of my favorite episodes was the one with the gray ghost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was Adam West was the voice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have this, you know, sort of iconic, voice of batman that many of us you know like I said i grew up in watching that in syndication that was the only batman i had access to outside of the the cartoons i'd go rent <laughs> until batman you know the animated series came around that was the first live batman of any kind i yeah that, that came on right at four o'clock and so i had if i had something going on after school i would miss it i would get so mad <laughs> uh yeah it was it always made me so mad when i'd miss it but yeah th- i mean now i will say some of the last Conroy stuff was not very good when they went back and revisited the animated series. Okay. Yeah. Um, that Harley Quinn one they did. Yeah. And the killing joke live act uh, or animated was not very good. I've always thought the killing joke was pretty, 
Um, not that great a story, kind okay. of overrated story. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with the Killing Joke? I Killing am. Joke? I, I okay. <laughs> I'm actually the other way. I actually like that one. So well, here's yeah. the thing. Batman's kind of a pansy in that, and I don't like it. He is. He's, yeah. Like like that weird scene where he's in there talking a joke about we can't keep doing this. One of us is going to get like I, yeah. I just can't see my Batman ever saying that. Okay. Batman yeah. doesn't. Batman doesn't love the Joker. And that you know he he doesn't he doesn't want to kill him, but he doesn't love him. He doesn't need him, right? You know, he he doesn't want you know we have to quit doing this. You know, we're we're both gonna die. You know, it's just like what what, what kind of pansy Batman is like worried about? Oh, how does the Joker's feelings? You know, right? Because Joker kills people. I, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, he's this awful dude. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like to me that was like just such a bad, bad for me a bad moment. Yeah. Uh, now that it was a pretty dark comic, I mean, it was probably the darkest Batman comic there ever was, honestly. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't familiar with Killing Joke, there is uh, basically it's been out for 25, 30 years. So, mm-hmm. spoiler here. But uh, <laughs> uh, ba- the Joker gets another uh, inmate basically to put on Joker makeup and he escapes Arkham and they don't know he's escaped. And he goes and to Commissioner Gordon, I was going to. Um, basically tortured commissioner gordon uh by basically what he ends up doing is he shoots barbara gordon batgirl right and then he he rapes her yeah uh which is very i mean out of nowhere yeah (laughs) i mean for a comic you're just like what yeah uh and then yeah it gets into some and then he ends up like stripping commissioner gordon naked and hanging him in this abandoned amusement park which yeah for me is always kind of another big flaw is if there's a com- abandoned amusement park nearby, why don't we just start there every time? <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, yeah. Let's let's not wait for the clues to come in. You know, it's like <laughs> as I'm driving around town, going, "Well, wait a second, that amusement park closed." You know, what? I'm going to keep an eye on that. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that seems like somebody's going to hide out there eventually. <laughs> That'd just be one of my regular checkups. I'd just be like, let's just drive by the abandoned amusement park, the abandoned cat food factory. The abandoned, uh, you know, puzzle store. Yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> the toy store. The, yeah, the iceberg lounge. Yeah, you know? <laughs> all these things seem like yeah. You don't really have to be the world's greatest detective to see that one coming. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that was a very dark comic, and at the end of it has always been a question of: Does the Joker die? Right. At the end of Killing Joke, and the ultimate conclusion is yes, he does die. Yes. But it's an Elseworlds kind of story. So it doesn't actually count except for we do know that Barbara Gordon is paralyzed from there on out and she becomes Oracle. And and so parts of it are Canon. So we're not really sure what of that is Canon, I guess. Um, I like a lot of the alternate uh, timeline stories and stuff like that. Um, Another one that's probably one of my favorites is the injustice series. Um, and I know that centers yeah. more on Superman, uh, but I mean, Batman does play a big part in that as well. And, you know, it's all because of the Joker that this whole storyline takes place. So, and uh, you can see in Snyderverse that Snyderverse is very influenced by Injustice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially the, the the nightmare universe that we see at the end mm-hmm. where Darkseid has taken over and, and used his um, anti-life equation to convert superman into his minion basically yes yeah um and i mean so you basically see the evil superman of injustice and batman teaming with villains like the joker and harley quinn to try to stop him uh 
yeah, we definitely saw a lot of that. Uh, how, <laughs> such good storytelling. How how many how long did it take you? Did you sit down and watch that in one whole sitting, or did it take you like multiple times? Did you have to take breaks to yes. watch the Snyder Cut? Um, I mean, I might have taken a bathroom break, but uh, yeah, no, I watched. I watched. I, I saw Donna Justice in theaters uh-huh. um, three times. Oh, and then when Extended Cut came out. I must have watched it a dozen times. Um, yeah. So for my money, uh, and I'll still say it's the greatest superhero film ever made. Uh, and this might be controversial, but the close second, Watchmen. Watchmen um, is good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And obviously, Zack Snyder did both. So, right. Uh, huge. I mean, 300 is also one of my favorite films. So, I'm <laughs> very much as Zack's. Uh, Living Dead, the yeah, I mean, you know, so there's, yeah. there's several really great Zack Snyder movies out there. Uh, <laughs> his other one, I oh my god, I can't think of the name now. With, with the three girls, um, set in the insane Sucker Punch, Sucker Punch, yeah, uh, okay. That's one I would like to see a Snyder cut on because I understand the studio didn't get his vision, and so they went back in and heavily Edited changed that, a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. And so which is kind of the story of Zack Snyder's life. Um, right. You know, the studios coming in and ruining everything. But yeah, the the the, the original Donna Justice, um, which actually, you know, I was telling you earlier, I was going to get into my my greatest Batman moments. Yeah. Number one for me is in Dawn of Justice. OK. And it is not really Batman. even. It is Bruce Wayne. OK. We see him arriving in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We we get no preface to this other than we see it. You know, this is the day the Superman was revealed to the world. Is right. what, the, what the option says. First thing he did was jumped in a helicopter and flew to where this violence was happening. You know, to where this this thing was. We don't know why he's going there until we figure out there's a building full of his employees right in the middle of Metropolis, mm. and he is going there to try to save his people. And he jumps in a car and is speeding through. And and we get this almost 9-11-esque moment where Superman and Zod fly through his building and it collapses on itself. Right. And this giant cloud of dust comes and everybody's running away from it. And Bruce Wayne clinches his jaw and runs as fast as he can into that cloud, not having a single clue yeah. what is on the other side and what he's about to run into. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the most Batman thing ever captured on film, because that is exactly what Batman would do. Right. It, he has no regard for himself. He has no regard for, you know, he, he he's going to figure it out. And that's what people didn't really get is because, oh, it's this is this is dark. This isn't fun like MCU. Yeah. Well, and this, this really gets me into, into kind of how I'm going to relate Batman into wrestling. OK, so. For those who don't know, I run a wrestling training school, um, the Hunger Dojo, and I've you know been running it for since 2020 now, uh, so about three years mm-hmm. and almost four. And one of the things I teach my students is that wrestling is not about moves; wrestling is about moments. Mm-hmm. Wrestling is storytelling. And if I walk up to any two wrestlers before they walk through that curtain, I should be able to get a very clear answer for one question. What is the story you're going out there to tell right now? Don't tell me, the, you know, oh, we got this cool spot we're going to do. No, no, no. What is the story you're going to go tell out there? Right. Right. Because every match is a story. Yep. And 
every good story going back, you know, we, we go back to the Greek, you know, the, the, the Odyssey and the Iliad and, and, and these tragedies and, and the, you know, Shakespeare, and th- all these things, right? We have, we always have a protagonist. Now the protagonist isn't always a good guy, but the protagonist is, is the person who we as the audience are, are, are viewing through this person's eyes, right? So we as in the wrestling business, most of the time, the face is our protagonist. Yeah. Right. He He's our good guy. Right. He is who we, we, the fans are supposed to relate to and see ourselves in him as he's going up there to do battle with this, this insurmountable, insurmountable force. Right. Right. Now, nobody wants to see a story that ends on page four. Oh, there's a, there's a big bad monster outside. So I went outside and I picked up my sword and I stabbed it and I killed it. The end. That's not a good story. Right. No, no. Better story is, oh, he, he he smashed my neighbor's house and I ran up and the monster threw me 100 feet and, you know, broke my arm. And I, you know, I, I had to retreat. But then I I went and found a way to, you know, I researched how to kill the monster. And I, I, I came back and this time I knew how to defeat him. And it was an epic battle and ups and downs. And and just when he was about to kill me, I moved out of the way and I got him. You know, that's the story. That's 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 storytelling. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to create these dips and dives in this. But most of all, people have to be able to see themselves inside this character. And this is where we get into reality versus sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I could never be Superman, but I could be Batman. Right. Got, we, we were talking about earlier. Yep. So we as, an, as, as wrestlers, we have to be able to be relatable, right? We have to be mm-hmm. relatable to these fans. And we have to tell stories that are relatable. And this is where – so the best Batman stories are grounded in reality. They're, they're grounded, not, not, you know, I mean, Justice League is fine, great, you know, all that stuff. But the best Batman stories will always be Batman, this man alone fighting something that seems insurmountable, unbeatable. So we have to have an antagonist. Right? Yep. And Batman has some of the best antagonists we've ever seen in comics. Obviously, the Joker, right? right. You know, the, the Joker is this, he he's he's a juxtaposition right because clowns are supposed to be fun and nice and kids and entertainment and they're supposed to make (laughs) you laugh and smile right right yeah not no he's evil he's murderous (laughs) he's right he's without you know he doesn't even have a reason for what he's doing you know there's been so many great portrayals of the joker over the years you got to start with heath ledger Mm -hmm. as the best i mean that's just clearly a great joker yep and he's what we always call the anarchist right He, he doesn't really even have a reason for doing what he's doing right he's just doing it and he explains that in the movie with with christian bell he says i'm just like a dog chasing a car if i ever caught it i don't know what i would do with it i'm just doing it i'm just seeing i'm just wanting to see what happens right oh this will be fun let's see what happens and he obviously but he's very batman like in that he has no regard for his own well-being you know he's, he's willing to do these things and he knows he'll probably get killed doing them you know oh I, mm-hmm. I survived it huh how funny right <laughs> right now, you want to get into the to the joaquin phoenix um joker right there's a lot more uh, psychological yeah you know that that was i you know one thing i really like I, I didn't love that movie mm-hmm. I, I but i was okay with it yeah i said okay you know as an elseworld story this is interesting right? right um i did like the element of the story though they said that joker that this guy had a brain injury mm. and that's what caused him to laugh at awkward moments. Okay. And I liked that. And he yeah. had that little card he would hand to people who would look at him weird when he was laughing. 
Right. And you know, it said, sorry, I've had a brain injury. It causes me to laugh when I'm uncomfortable, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's that's a great little tidbit. I, I like that. Yeah. But, you know, explain that this guy, he was beaten up by his dad and caused a brain injury. Right. When he was a kid. And it just, okay, it's dark and it's, you get it. And it's like, okay. So I, I would kind of, I would, I would put him up there as, as a great Joker. I liked Mark Hamill's Joker, but it, you know, it, it was very, it, it had, it, it fit well for what it was. Yeah. You know, some of them are better than others. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Some of the animated series where he's doing it, I like some of them are kind of, eh, you know, <laughs> um, again, like killing joke, you know, they brought Hamill and Conroy back for that, but I didn't like right. that. You know, when they did yeah. That. Um, it just didn't work for that universe. And honestly, like I said, I, I have personal problems with the story as it was. And plus it was a very short story and they tried to extend it by adding in um, that extra storyline with, with Batman having sex with Batgirl and oh, yeah. Robin. Yeah. 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 And I was like, Ugh, this is awkward. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't need all this. It's <laughs> making yeah. me not like Batman. Right. You know, right. again, it gets back to, we have to be able to like our, our good guy. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, we get to the great antagonist. And then Jared Leto, I liked his because his was also, and I know that's controversial. A lot of people hated Jared Leto's Joker, but I liked what he did with that. Okay. I, I, I liked the way he made me uncomfortable. And he's very showy and flashy and gangsterish uh-huh. and in control, but you could also see he was out of control. Like there was just this craziness behind his eyes that was perfect. Did you hear uh, some of the stories like behind what he did, uh, like preparing for the role and things like that? Oh, I, I'm sure he did all kind. I mean, that dude is wild. If you hear any of his stories, he he actually like sent like dead animals and stuff to people in the cast, and like sent like used condoms to different people. And like stuff what he like. thought Joker might think would be a funny joke. Yes, yeah, he would sense. do little weird things like that to try try to get in the head of the Joker. I, I just heard that recently. I was like, man, that's, that's, that's kind of messed up. Actor. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. He is. So yeah. in fact, I remember reading not too long ago, he did a movie with uh, Denzel Washington where Denzel's like a cop who was, um, you know, looking for the serial killer and it ended up being Jared mm-hmm. Leto or whatever. And he's doing this, they have this big scene where Jared Leto has been arrested and he's interrogating him. And they said that Denzel basically walked off the set because Jared was doing so much method acting. He's like, and Denzel at some point just goes, bro, stop. Like, just read the lines. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, you don't, you don't need all this. This is, this is too much for what this is. Like, you know, and when Denzel says it, maybe it's probably too much. <laughs> you know, Denzel knows what he's probably doing. So if he says you're doing too much, you're doing too much. Is that the movie, the little things? Yeah. I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, that sounds right. But uh, Leto is, he's, out there man when it comes to a lot of what he does he's just a kind of eccentric guy so you know the funny thing about uh, leto is they said at, at the start of 2020 he took a sabbatical out to the middle of like the desert huh. and lived out there for like 45 days uh-huh um which he was completely disconnected from reality no access to anything uh no phone no tv no radio no no newspapers oh and uh this is right in the middle of when COVID first started. Right, yeah. <laughs> so can you imagine coming in like to COVID three weeks in, you know, going, what? What, yeah. what happened? Yeah, because that started get ramping up, I think, right around March or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they said oh. like he, he didn't come back to like April. 
Oh uh, no. Like it was our he was like gone at the, like I think from February to April he was like on this like journey or whatever like yeah you know, poor guy uh-huh. yeah but no going back to we're, we're talking about the antagonist you know Batman uh-huh. of course he's got this great rogues gallery but you know I always tell my 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 um my wrestlers it's like okay you have to defeat something and something has like basically you have to evolve to defeat this this thing whatever this thing is if you can defeat it in your original state then it's not a story. Right. We want to see this this our hero has to go on this journey, right? He has mm-hmm. to not be good enough at first and then get beaten down, torn down, learn something, you know, reflect, uh, come back, you know, dig down deep, and then find a way, you know, maybe even not then, you know, maybe he goes through many fall, fail, he fails, he fails until finally, you know, he loses people around him. Yeah. There's major consequences, but finally he finds a way you know, to, to win, but he's, he's not, he's forever changed by what he's gone through. He's never the, he's not the same character from the beginning of the story. Yeah. Uh, the best example of that is star Wars, right? Okay. Go, yeah. Luke Skywalker is just this, I want to go fight, you know, and you know, <laughs> I think my dad was, you know, this, you know, and then, you know, through this journey, you know, he fails and the, you know, he, th- he blows up the death star, but the death star comes back bigger and sure, you know, yep. and, and Obi-Wan dies and people die and, you know, and, and Finally, you know, he he's dealing with this. Do I, ha- how dark do I have to become to be able to beat my father? You know, right. And you see him ch- forever changed by this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Batman, you know, if we were just watching a Batman movie and all he was doing was fighting muggers on the streets that had knives, that's not a Batman story. Right? Boring. We, we need yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's probably what Batman does on a regular night, but nobody right. wants to see that movie. We want yeah. to see Batman face something bigger than himself, right? Yeah. Something that he's not capable of beating excuse me um and so that that's one thing i tell the wrestlers it's like this is why it's important that the bad guy has to win most of the match mm-hmm. has to win more than 50 percent of the match right because if you're easily cruising through this guy you're not having to dig through your arsenal of moves to, to beat him that then there's no story there the fans can't relate they want right. to see you against the ropes they want to see you knocked down and getting back up because that's when they start to love you that's when they start to relate to you because it reminds them of what they would do in this situation, right? I want to, I would keep fighting. I would keep fighting. And then it makes, you know, you've got to, the bad guy's got to create this hate. They have to want to see the bad guy defeated. They can't like the bad guy. Right. And that's where I get on a lot of my wrestlers cases is like, you're the bad guy. Quit doing all these fancy moves. Yeah. It's going to make them like you. Like, right. If they like you, then what's the point? Like mm-hmm. you're not a bad guy. I was like, you have to be a bad guy. You have to make them hate you. They have to buy a ticket to see you get your butt kicked, right? And that's what they want to see, right? You have to have this evil, this 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 pure villain. Yeah. And that's what Batman has in, in spades is these great villains that are so, in some cases, dichotomies of him, right? Because we talked, we go back to the beginning of our conversation here. Batman is based in trauma, right? Yeah. Well, most of his villains are also based in trauma, right? And And it kind of gets into that one bad day, one different move and you could have been me right and batman sees that especially in two-face right yeah yeah that's the whole point of two-face was i was out here fighting crime and look what it did to me right it cost me everything you know i was trying to do it the right way and and look what it cost me and batman you know often struggles with am i doing this the right way is this the right thing to be doing and 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 to me that that's such great storytelling because you you always present batman with an you know then of course bane Bane was originally written as such a great villain. Right. Um, and the, I liked the Tom Hardy Bane, don't get me wrong. But the Bane, the way he was written, was supposed to be everything Batman was, only better. Okay. 
so he went through even worse trauma. He was born to in a in a third world country and to his mom was in a prison. Mm-hmm. You know, so he grew up as a baby in a prison. Right. Never seeing light, you know, and in the prison, there was a library and he read, the, you know, every book in the library a, a thousand times over. Yeah. Uh, became super smart. Uh, he you know, worked out and they did the, the drugs experiment on with his venom. So he became strong, you know, and he, he focused this trauma and, the, you know, and, and went and learned you know how to fight. And he did everything without the millions of dollars that Batman had. In some ways, it made him better than Batman. Um, and so when, when Batman first goes up against him, what happens to Batman? He breaks Batman's back. Yep. He destroys Batman, you know, and, and Batman has to, again, we talk about it. Your hero has to have an obstacle in front of him that they can't defeat. We think about that scene in Dark Knight Rises where, um, or the Dark Knight, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, it was Dark Knight Rises. It was uh, Rises, yeah. Or third one, yeah. Um, where Bane just destroys him in the tunnel. Right. Breaks the mask, you know, and, and, like to me that you talk about wrestling that's that's selling right that's the heat yeah yep. right just putting the heat on putting the heat on put the you know locks him up in a prison in a hole you know uh, in the middle of nowhere right put puts the heat on takes over his his city and you know all hope is abandoned you know he's running this this city uh in a third world country you know which they they borrowed heavily from the batman dead end uh or bat not dead end uh batman uh oh my god i'm kidding <laughs> can't think of the name of the story the, the basically there's this big earthquake in gotham and got gotham is in such disarray that the united states declares it basically a neutral zone that's no longer part of the united states no man's land is what it was called they called they declared it a no man's land um and so it was just and batman had disappeared and what you know and, and so it was just, okay that's basically what what the inspiration was for most of dark knight rises there is combination okay. of nightfall and that um nightfall was the bane storyline mm-hmm. which i really kind of wish they had done get off to another subject here but um <laughs> with the bane storyline nightfall one of the interesting things was you had john paul valley show up and become batman when bruce wayne's back was broken okay but john paul valley was more of a vigilante that you know he was yeah. doing all the things batman wouldn't do right uh and so Batman had to get good enough to come back and take down Azrael. Yeah. That's what they call him. Yeah. Uh, which I thought would have been a great storyline. Uh, I would love to have seen, you know, Christian Bale. And you could picture any number of actors playing that that character. Um, <laughs> would have been amazing. But alas, we didn't get that. Well, unfortunately. You know, I, I'm very happy with the ones that we did get, though. Oh, yeah. No, no. Again, N- Nolan's Batman trilogy mm-hmm. was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably my favorite. To, if you want me to rank them, I would. I, I still go Snyder's Batfleck, um, oh. not Justice League, but extended cut. Or Snyder cuts Justice League, yes, but Donna Justice Batman was was the best version of Batman because that is so close to Frank Miller, and obviously the the Batman Superman fight with Frank Miller. Okay. Um, so if if you guys aren't familiar with Frank Miller, Frank Miller, you can think. Frank Miller for Batman being what he is today. Right. Um, because again, remember t- we were talking earlier how Batman starts off this dark, evil character, right? Mm-hmm. He murders people and, and, and he's, you know, he's this, and then they make him 
let's make him kid friendly and we choose Robin and we're going on adventures in space and, you know, <laughs> talking animals and, you know, just nonsense. Right. Which leads yeah. to the campy Batman series. And, right. you know, everyone's like, oh, that's so funny. Ha ha ha. You know, it, it's goofy and it's silly and big words pop up on the screen when they fight each other. You know, neat. Bam, pow. Yeah. The problem is like, you know, people, kids growing up in the 70s and early 80s, they didn't relate to that. Right. They didn't like that. Right. And so those comics were starting to fail. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a point where DC was kind of done with Batman. Mm. They're just like, they're like nobody's buying these Batman comics anymore. They're like, what are we going to? And so that's when Frank Miller comes out with, um, he's like, let me do, let me do a Batman story. And he does Dark Knight. Yeah. And, you know, it's this grizzled older Batman and just this, this, he's, he's like a monster of a human being with his, you know, his size and, you know, just what yeah. Batman should look like. Right. And it's this very dark and gritty Batman. It was the first dark and gritty Batman we'd had in years. I mean, obviously yeah. since ever. And really that is what Tim Burton draws from to create Michael Keaton's Batman in 1989. Yeah. That dark gothic universe that Frank Miller was operating in. Uh, and so that, that when we got to see Batfleck and, and Henry Cavill fight, uh, fight basically in the style of that the, the only thing that, it came that from this was yeah it came yeah, from the, the, the only uh, thing dark knight if, if you've ever seen the dark knight cartoon or read the comic mm-hmm. he's got this great line as he's defeated superman but he won't kill him right but he says basically acknowledges superman you're gonna live forever you know, yeah. basically yeah. i'm gonna die someday right but i want you for the however many lifetimes more you live to remember, I'm the guy that beat you. <laughs> and it was important that Batman, that, that Superman knew that. He's like, I want you to know. And if you understand that line, then you understand what Zack Snyder was doing with Batman in that movie. Yeah. Right? Because think about this. You've got this guy who, up until the, the day Superman comes into the universe, in that universe, he's just fighting criminals right he's fighting death strokes and and, and regular dudes right right yeah. and, and they they allude to that with the alfred line of like i miss the days of when we were you know exploding penguin robots or whatever you know all we had to deal with uh and, but you know that some traumatic stuff has happened because right. you see the costume of robin so you know robin is dead mm-hmm. uh and the bloody message from the joker is written on him right on the costume but you've got this guy who has this understanding of the universe that he's been trying, you know, living in this trauma, but it was trauma he could control, right? I can be bigger than this. I just have to work out harder, study harder, be 10 steps ahead of every villain, but you know what? And I, and I can control this. I can fix this world. Mm-hmm. But now they, now people are flying, shoot laser out of their eyes. I can't fix this world. I can't control this world. So what do I need to do? Every, everything that can shoot lasers outside supplies is, is a threat and yeah. has to be taken out. I don't care if he's saying he's on our side, it doesn't matter because the one day he'll decide he's not on our side and then yep. we're all screwed. Yeah. So I have to kill him before he can. And so that was like, you understood that, you know, he wasn't just trying to be a jerk and kill Superman because he didn't like Superman. It was, <laughs> he's holding this little kid yeah. whose parents just died in the building that he was running, you know, as they were emptying out the daycare. And he says, where's your mommy? And she, he points, she points up at the building that's now in rubble. Yeah. And he's like, this just happened to this kid. This thing that happened to me when I was eight just happened to this kid. Only it wasn't Joe Chill shooting a gun. It was Superman right. flying into this building. Yeah. It's Superman and Zod, obviously. Right. Uh, yeah. But that's it why was almost like we Superman. don't, we can't protect ourselves on our planet with your people being here. 
attacking, yeah. you know, we so, can't take the risk. Exactly. Uh, there was one point that I, I always remember in the comic book and Batman does allude to the fact that, you know, I know you could have killed me if you wanted to uh, talking about Superman too. So he uh-huh. actually does acknowledge the fact though, that, you know, Superman could have taken him out at any time. He could have punched right through his head if he wanted to. You know, I mean, in the comic, the he fish. even had to get, um, uh, I think it was Green Arrow. Isn't it Green Arrow that shoots the yeah. uh, kryptonite arrow at him? Yeah, while he, they're he fighting. ends up ripping off Green Arrow's arm. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he can never shoot an arrow again. Yeah. But yeah, but, but, the, but the thing to remember on that, too, is Batman knows Superman killed him, but he knows Superman won't, won't. kill him. Yeah, exactly. And he says, that's the difference between you and me. Is if I have to, I will kill you. Right. Like you, you, you would never, you would be too, too bound by your own moral code to kill me. Yeah. I wouldn't. And you remember, uh, so that was one of the other great um, Batman stories for me was when Batman creates the the AI that essentially can destroy the entire Justice League, but then it falls yep. into the wrong hands. Right. And they all find out that Superman, that Batman has a contingency plan for every single one of them. Yes. Yeah. And to me, that was such a Batman move. I don't care if you're my best friend. I'm, you know, I would, right. if I don't, I have a plan to kill you. Like yeah. I have a list of the order that I would, you know, of, of who I would kill and how I'd kill you, even though we're best friends. <laughs> and to me, that was just such a Batman move. Like don't trust anybody. Right. You know, I don't care who you are. Yeah. I, so we, you want to talk about my, 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 I've already kind of alluded to my, my, my greatest five greatest Batman moments here. Okay. Five for me is, is the, um, is the one I was just talking about where, you know, the, the Batman creates the, the, the AI that can kill the entire justice league. Yep. He's ready to kill the justice league. If he has to, Yeah, he works with them. He understands their importance, but also understands that at any point in time, they, any one of them can be turned and I, I have to be ready to kill everybody. Yeah. Four was the final crisis stuff. We talked about where Batman, um, you know, the, the doom dark side clones, Batman, right. Make an army of Batman and none of them can exist because they can't, only one being in the entire universe can handle Batman's level of trauma and stress. <laughs> it's yeah. Batman. Uh, three is the Frank Miller fight uh, between Batman and Superman, which is kind of sort of also captured by Donna Justice, mm-hmm. the Batman Superman fight. Now, two, it, so I'll put it this way it's hard. One of the greatest Batman scenes in any medium is when Batman talks to Ace uh, from the Justice League cartoon. Okay. So Ace and the, the 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 gang that all look like playing cards. I'm trying to the name escapes me what they are. So there's one little girl and she's Ace is what she's called. You know, there's the king, the queen, and Ace right. has this telekinetic power. Where she can actually alter reality around her, and um, she's grown too powerful and she's turning the whole world, you know, and converting these people into characters in her, you know, imaginary play and turning the city into a giant park and essentially and they're like we've got this thing that can stop her but we have to get close enough to touch her with it and batman you know superman and wonder woman and the whole jessica are there and they're all like well I, I, who should do it who should do it batman says give it to me yeah and he walks in there he doesn't have any superpowers and she, he walks up to her and basically was like like they sent you here to kill me and he goes yes they did he goes but you're not going to no i'm not uh and he basically sits there and holds her hand as she dies because oh, wow. like her brain is basically and, and it's this moment of like 
he didn't go in there to fight her. He went, you know, it's like, but his contingency plan was he understood who was a threat and who wasn't a threat and what it took to neutralize them. But it also showed he has this, that Batman and kids are special to Batman because right. obviously in his mind, he's still that eight year old suffering from that trauma. Yeah. And he never wants another kid to have to, you know, suffer like that again. Right. And to me, like, that's a powerful Batman moment. So powerful. Yeah. Um, maybe, like I said, the, the best, for sure, the best animated Batman scene I've ever seen. Um, and when I think of Conroy, that was the on the day Conroy died, that's, I posted that scene on my face. You know, it's just like, yeah. this is this scene, the way he delivers it to me, you know, should have won an Emmy. It, it's everything, you know, why Batman is the best of all the superheroes. You know, it's this yeah. guy, you know, we talk about Batman and all his abilities and everything in that tool belt and all the special gadgets he has. And it wasn't any of that. He just walked in there and said, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to empathize with you. And that's how I'm going to defeat you. That's really cool. To me, that was so amazing. That's a cool moment. Yeah. Um, Bruce running into the smoke is obviously, like I said, the best live action, anything I've ever seen of Batman. Mm -hmm. Just so amazing. Um, Honorable mention. And this comes from flashpoint. Okay. Uh, And if you're, if you're, if you've seen the new flash movie, it's, Based on a comic book series called Flashpoint. Yes. A comic book arc. Yeah. But they've made some major changes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Flashpoint story, basically Flash is tinkering with his ability to move through time. Right. Um, and he says, I don't know if I should. And, you know, he's been warned of the consequences, potentially the butterfly effect that we all think about. If you change one thing in the past, it could affect, you know, even something Everything. Yep. stepping on a butterfly or, you know, butterfly flapping its wings at a different moment in time than, you know, it could mm-hmm. change, you know, the course of all of human history. You know, we don't know. So it's best not to do it. But right. Barry wants to know what it would be like if he could have saved his mom the night she got killed. And so he does. And uh, but what we learn is that because of, you know, this goes back to Einstein, essentially, it doesn't work like back to the future where you just create one divergent line. And if you can just go back and undo then the original timeliner stores, what we find is that because time is not a line, but rather sort of an infinite loop of things and um, that affecting any moment on the timeline can affect things in the timeline in every direction. Mm-hmm. So even though he only goes back to his childhood, things he does affects things that happened 50, 60 years before he was ever born. Right. And, you know, the, the history has forever changed. Yeah. And one of the things that changes is that on the night Batman's parents were shot, instead of Batman's parents being shot, young Bruce Wayne is shot. Right. And he dies. Yep. And his dad is so overcome with, with trauma and, and anger mm-hmm. that he becomes this vigilant vigilante that with guns and this evil version of Batman, essentially. Right. That just, you know, Kills you know, he doesn't fight with his fist necessarily; he just kills people, right? And it, bad guys. And his mom becomes the so Joker. overcome with grief that she becomes the Joker. Yep. And the you know, there's this long story about Batman's dad has to help Flash, and Flash has to save that universe, and then you know, he basically has to undo his saving his mom and come back to our timeline. So somehow he finds a way to come back to the timeline, mm-hmm. but he brings back with him a letter from Batman's father. Okay. Okay. And we don't really know all the contents of the letter, but the final panels is Bruce 
starts to read this letter and you see kind of flash looking in the background at him and he kind of you know pulls the mask off and you see batman start crying and it's like the eight-year-old boy in the trauma got to yeah. hold it you know talk to his dad one last time yeah and it was like that to me is also one of the you know and one of the things i was sad that we didn't get that in the new flash movie uh-huh. spoiler alert uh because they gave the role of batman's dad in in this universe instead they did um michael keaton's batman right you know so it's just another bruce wayne version yeah um so there is nothing to send back in time to uh yeah to to modern day ben affleck which as you again spoiler alert we basically we see the end of batflip because He's right. no longer Batman in the new universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't. T- I won't tell you who's Batman in the new universe, but <laughs> the, that version of Batman no longer exists in the new, in the universe he came back to. So uh, there, there actually is somebody that I want to ask you about. Um, it's sure. somebody I, I would like to see play Batman, and um, he's actually voiced him in a comic book or uh, in a a, a uh, cartoon. Um, and that's Jensen Ackles. Uh, he's the actor from Supernatural. Um, yeah, yeah, guy. he's in uh, the boys on the. Yes, he he's yeah. in the boys. Yeah, a Soldier Boy, and uh, you know he at a con recently they asked him if he was going to be playing Batman, and he said uh, that would be cool. He said I can't say yes, I can't say no. He's like, but that would be really cool, and I know that's something that he's always wanted to do. So that would be one that I would like to see play Batman. So here's the thing, um, and this kind of gets into a bigger problem with with comic books, movies right now. Uh-huh. Um, I think we are living on borrowed time as far as um, people are kind of over the superhero. I mean, I know they still make a bunch of money, but right. I think people are sort of superhero fatigued. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things you saw the DCU, the, this whatever version, you know, now that James, <laughs> excuse me, now that James Gunn's in charge of the new DC universe. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I I honestly don't see DC movies ever making money again. You don't think they'll ever uh, uh, they'll have a turn like uh, Marvel did? No, I think um, I think Marvel's in trouble too. Um, yeah, Marvel's last few haven't done great. Right. Uh, they've had a few flops. Yeah, um, and their TV division is really suffering. Uh, yeah. The fact they they slashed half their projects and they said let's let's just focus on you know, one or two things and because people are getting overloaded. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is you have this Marvel versus DC mentality. Yeah. So whereas somebody like me who goes and watches both and enjoys both. Right. Um, there's a lot of people who won't go support a DC movie because they feel like it's, you know, it's like, it's like cheating on their football team or something. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and because think about it, like the flashpoint was a great movie. Yeah. By all you know measures, it was a great movie and it did poorly. Yeah, well, it, it, was it was because well of the reviewed. actor. A lot of people didn't want to go watch him. Yeah, but think about: it. do people still listen to Thriller? I mean, uh, he does. You know, Michael Jackson was a terrible guy. You know, people still go listen to Thriller. You know, you, yeah. I, I don't know that. To me, that people say, "Oh, Ezra Miller was just," you know, like I like him or hate him. Yeah, he does a great job acting in this movie. Okay. Um, well, see, I didn't like him in the uh, the Justice League movies, though. I, I didn't like his portrayal of the character, so I'm hoping that it's better well, than what it was in those. I, I put it this way, and I, without being too spoilerish, okay. Um, again, Barry and Batman, you kind of see that. Then they really lay it out in this movie. They're sort of 
drawn together by their shared trauma, right? Okay. Both of them witnessed a parent die. Yeah. Batman saw both his parents dies. In some ways, Barry got it worse because his dad was blamed for his mom's murder. So he's lived mm-hmm. his whole life with his dad in prison. Okay. Being blamed for a murder. He knows that, you know, he knows that he, his dad right. didn't commit. Right. Because his dad walked in after the murder and, you know, yeah. so he knows it wasn't his dad. Um, and so his whole life has become, you know, he, he became a police forensics expert, you know, just so mm-hmm. he could hopefully find a way to prove his dad's innocence. Yep. Um, and, and so Batman and Superman, Bruce, or I'm sorry, Batman and Flash, Bruce and Barry, they, they share a couple scenes in this movie um, where they both, you kind of see like, you're kind of like basically say, you're kind of my best friend, you know, like yeah. you're kind of my only friend. Yeah. Um, and it's because of that shared trauma. Right. And so this guy is is sort of autistic, sort of on the spectrum. Okay. You know, because he's so obsessed with with proving his dad's innocence. Right. Okay. Well, now he goes back and he stops the thing from happening and he meets a version of himself who's like 22 and didn't have this trauma happen. Mm. And he he's and literally he's acting in the scene with himself. Mm. Only okay. it's 20-year-old him versus 30 whatever year old him. Right. And he hates 20-year-old him. Can't uh, stand 20-year-old him. Uh-huh. And it's this really kind of pointy moment of like, I, when I'm sitting there in the theater, I'm watching this, I go, wow, what if I went back and had a conversation with 20-year-old me? Would I like me? <laughs> Would I be mad at me? But you know, think about that. Like, yeah, you, yeah. You got, if you yelled at, if you saw college Jared, yeah, you know, and you came back and you saw how he was living his life and all the things that he didn't care about and wasn't worrying about that you have to worry about on a daily basis, you get mad at him. Oh, I kick his Not ass. Like that. Yeah. And you've got you've got <laughs> Barry, who's defined by this trauma, meets a version of himself that never, never had this trauma. Yeah. And he's lighthearted and fun and a slacker. And he likes, you know, smoking the weed and yeah. hitting on girls. And yeah. it's his version of Barry that, you know, he doesn't understand because he's he's not like that. Yeah. And so the, the acting is actually quite brilliant and funny at the same time. There's a levity to it, but there's these poignant moments where you can see he hates himself. And, it, and it's really well portrayed in, in the acting. And yeah. so, like I said, like him or hate him, Ezra yeah. does a good job acting in the movie. Right. Um, you can't take that away from him, you know, even despite all the, the, the nonsense that he's been doing. And Done in his real things. life, yeah. Um, it, it sounds to me like he's a mentally disturbed person. You know, he, right. he probably needs a lot of help. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the best artists of our lives are very mentally disturbed people. That's very true. Um, there's a certain amount of like, you know, you ha- almost have to be a little crazy. I think about pro wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's hard to find, you know, some of them represent themselves as being very well adjusted. But I mean, think about it, just to be even attracted to what it is we're doing yeah. as pro wrestlers. It, you'd have to be crazy if you described that to somebody. <laughs> you know, you're going to go put your body through a car wreck every week to pretend to have fights with people. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, for male soap opera, you'd be like, pass. That's weird. So you saying that brings something up to me. There was uh, I had um, Iceman Howard on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he brought up old nosebreaker himself. Old nosebreaker himself. That's right. (laughs) He, uh, we're cool. Yeah. (laughs) So we were talking about uh, one one of his matches, and he's like, "Yeah, I got knocked out in that match." And he was like, "The next word out of his mouth was it was great." You know, so you do have to have a little bit off there because, you know, getting knocked out, usually people aren't happy about that. But it's like, yeah, it was a great match. And I, even though I got knocked out, I loved it. Yeah, a certain amount of war story, you know, like, yep. 
football player, you know, telling their old old football tra- trauma traumas that they had during a game. Ah, I played yeah. the rest of that game with three <laughs> broken fingers and a you know fractured whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. There's a certain amount of machoism to it as well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. Like I said, though, it, it's uh, he he does a good job in the film. Uh, okay. Like I said, it's just I think at this point people hate DC. And I don't think there's anything James Gunn's going to do to change that. Uh, the Marvel fans hate D- DC. They're not going to go see the movies. Uh, I also think that yeah. there's just a certain level of um, comic book fans in general are haters for the most yeah. part, you know, and they're going to find something to complain about with anything, no matter what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, you'll, they'll probably make another bat, bat patents and Batman movie. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't do well, then that'll be the end of that. Right. Uh, I know they're making a Penguin series for, for HBO Max mm-hmm. based on that universe. Um, I know he's he's basically casting the new Superman Legacy is what he's called it, mm-hmm. uh, with basically a kid that looks exactly like Henry Cavill. So it's like okay, yeah. you know, obviously not not doing anything new here. Right. Uh, I don't think the fans are going to respond to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already seen the Superman origin story within yep. the past ten years, so we really want to see it again no um and and that's the that's the hard thing you know when you're telling stories you got to find new ways to tell them right but there's not a lot of new ways to tell some of these stories without making too many changes that people aren't going to like well see and that was another Uh, thing that i did like about the batman with robert pattinson was is they didn't they didn't shy away from this is why he is this way but they also didn't say okay we have to retell that word for word at the beginning of the it's not the same from every other movie you know where it starts out with batman as a kid and his parents dying right right you know they skip the they skip the pearls yeah they skip the pearls but they're like don't forget about that though they make sure you know even when they show the other the other kid you know that uh his the mayor's son you know uh they made sure to be like, okay, I see him as me almost in that movie. And yeah. I liked that, you know, they didn't have to retell that story, but they did tell it still. Generic audio commercial, Zio to Hero, take 43. Hey, listener, it looks like you're having fun over here listening to insert generic name here. If you like what you're listening over here, come on over to the Zeo to Hero podcast where you can join Billy and myself, the Bulk and Skull of podcasting. If you want to listen to Ranger Powers and you want to go into and talk about Kai, oh, what did I make them wrong? You're supposed to say Zeo to Hero is the best and Billy and Jim as Bulk and Skull of podcasting is funnier than any other show out there. And oh. you didn't say Power Rangers, right? Get out of here, oh, do it again. It. Fine. Generic audio commercial. Zeo de Hero. Take number 44. Hey, listener, it looks like you're having fun over here. Listening to insert generic name here. God, God come God. on. Hey, everyone. This is Brian Ferguson, the host of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. We are on today because of you. And in order to continue the podcast and get the guests on here that requires some financial compensation, we're going to need help from people like you. Right now, we're attempting to get our YouTube videos monetized through YouTube. We need 1,000 subscribers in order to do that. So I've decided that if 
the 1,000 subscriber will get a free T-shirt like this from me and come on the show as a guest on the podcast. So subscribe today, and that 1,000 subscriber will be contacted by me and be given a T-shirt and come on the show. So subscribe today. If you already have, thank you. If you haven't, please do and tell your friends and subscribe today. And we'll talk to you soon and enjoy the podcast. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode or at least part one of an episode with Justin Lee where we talk about Batman and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. I can't wait for you guys to hear part two next week. It's going to be a blast just like this one was. Um, we will continue right where we left off, where we was talking about uh, the Batman with Robert Pattinson. I hope that you guys are enjoying this. This was a lot of fun. Uh, the night that we recorded this, I think I maybe got about five hours of sleep because we were up till, I was up till at least one o'clock in the morning, you know, because I had the recording with him and everything like that. And then I had to, you know, download it to the computer and all that fun stuff for all of my podcasters out there. You know what I'm talking about? It isn't just recording. You're done. You have stuff that you got to do afterwards as well. So, and it was worth it. I really enjoyed recording this episode with Justin and I think you guys are really going to enjoy part two as much as you did part one. So make sure that you tune back in next week so you will catch that one. I got another episode that's coming up after that one, um, and I've already recorded it as well. You might have seen me post a picture of me and Alexander Gold. He is the Ruthless King out of Diamond State Wrestling. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy that episode. I actually did a live interview in the ring, in a wrestling ring for the first time. I've never done that before, so that was a really cool experience that I got to do. And uh, I'm really excited to see what's happening there with them. So stay tuned and make sure that you listen to that really great episode with uh, Xander Gold. So as you're listening to this, make sure that you go out and you rate and review this episode. If you like what you hear, let me know. The more people that rate and review this show, the more likely I am to be recommended to someone else. And so tell people about this show. Tell them if you like it. Tell them if you don't even, you know, uh, let me know what you think of this show. Um, and also go out there and follow me on all the social medias. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on uh, Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. And I'm also on Threads now as well. So make sure that you're following me in all of those different places. I post stuff out there to interact with you guys as much as I possibly can. Yeah, so you know, just make sure that you're out there following me on all those so you can keep up to date with everything that's going on with iCadap. So I want to give a shout out to my podcast networks. Um, as you know, I'm part of a new one, and that is the Zio to Hero podcast network. Um, there is a bunch of good shows there. Make sure that you go out there, go to their website, and look them up and all of their different shows. I love these guys. They're great. Um, I'm also part of the OIW podcast network. Great group of guys there as well. They have all kinds of different shows. Uh, a lot of wrestling shows and stuff like that. So so um, it's really cool that I'm able to be a part of that network. And I'm also part of the Avenue Podcast Network. They have a variety of different shows for you to find out there as well. All of these different networks have great shows that you can find. Uh, whether it be a travel podcast, a wrestling podcast, um, fan fiction. If you like fan fiction that deals with uh, Power Rangers or 
really just about anything you can think of. If you like original stories, you can find it on any of these networks. Or if you want to talk to hear somebody talk about toys, we've even got that too. So make sure that you go and look at all three of these podcast networks because they all have wonderful shows for you guys to go and listen to while you're waiting on a new episode of iGadap. So I've said it before, and I'll tell you again, I have merch out, I have shirts, I have uh, mugs, I have stickers, and I'll be having more stuff come out here soon. So if you need any of that stuff, make sure that you hit me up for merch. You can uh, go on my Facebook page and send me a message and say, hey, I'd like one of those iGadap shirts, and uh, we'll get you all set up. Uh, All different kinds of sizes, all different colors and everything like that. And I plan on coming out with a new design probably here pretty soon. Uh, that's a little bit more fun than just my logo and everything. So, yeah, make sure that you go out there and get the merch. Uh, my wife actually makes all that stuff for me, and uh, she has her side hustle called Cups and Teas by Stacia. Um, she makes all of this, and she can make this stuff for you. Um, she does custom work. She can pretty much make whatever you want her to. So, you know, go out there and hit her up. All of this stuff that I've been talking about will be in my show notes So make sure you look at my show notes and you'll see the links to all of these great different people. Also, I want to give a shout out to Nick Helms and the original Geek Comics for giving me a chance to have uh, an advertisement in their new comic book that's coming out called Paladin. Can't wait for that to come out. It should be here in August, I believe, is when the first one uh, will be shipped to me. I'm very excited about it. Um, I will get that. And then they also have Vengeance that you can listen to. But make sure that you follow them. I will have a link to their stuff as well. Get your comic books from them. And, uh, you know, help out those local people and everything. Great comics. Great people. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, I want to give a shout out to D-Cure. He is the guy who makes my ending theme song music for me. You hear it at the end of the show after I tell you that I love you. And you know what? He's a great guy. And he makes great music. And uh, I was very excited to have him to do that for me. So I'm going to start doing something a little bit different before I sign off here. Since this is a dad podcast, I think it's only fitting that I have a dad joke at the end of these episodes. So we'll start out with the first one. And uh, it is, why don't eggs make jokes? Because they might get cracked up. All right, y'all. I love you. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye. On. He calls us beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, though we're blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what? I am as well. I don't feel so alone, and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one, tell then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on better go see. Listen closely, download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on better go see. And listen closely, download and tune in remotely.
podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.